I'm delighted that you guys are joining us for the third week of the series uh, that I have called Winning the Battle in Your Mind. You know, the last couple of weeks we've talked, you know, somewhat conceptually uh, about uh, how God has equipped us to win some very, very tough battles in our thought world. Well, today I've got a special, special treat and surprise for you. I've got my friend, Pastor yes. Tony Williams here, and we go back. Oh, man, how do we go almost back? almost twenty five years? Almost twenty five years. Twenty five yeah. years. When I was pastoring in Boston, yes, uh, I don't know twenty years back there. You would bring me in to yeah. for ten to, years. Ten years. Preach what we call revivals in the African American tradition, and yeah. uh, boy, I'd have we'd have a yeah, time. we'd have a wonderful time, and we became <laughs> great friends over those times and seasons. Absolutely. Yeah. So Tony became one of my absolute dearest friends four years ago. Uh, he had a horrendous um, surgery to go terribly wrong. Yes. And the medical team really thought that we were going to lose him. As a matter of fact, basically almost said that to the family. And uh, four years later, uh, you're here defying all the odds. Absolutely. Uh, but in order to be here, you had to win a lot of battles oh, in your mind. I can't tell you the hard part of it. Yeah. So I figured... I wanted to invite you to bring a word today to share a little bit about your testimony so people can see up close and personal what it looks like when a person of faith who knows the Lord have to kind of struggle through and win these battles. Yes. Uh, and if you can do it, I know your message is if you can do it, Anybody God can help can us do all it. to do yeah. it, right? Oh, praise God. So thank listen, God. Uh, let me just pray. God, I thank you for my friend, my brother, uh, fully anointing, pour out your spirit, have your way. And bless us all as we listen uh, to how you have worked and continue to work in his life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Herman. And I greet you in the name of the Lord and just so glad to be here with the New Beginnings family and for everyone who is joining us online, wherever you are this afternoon, this morning, or whatever time it is, I'm just glad to be here with my friend, Pastor Herman Hamilton, and with this great family. Uh, I know many of you and some of you I don't, but I'm just delighted to be here this morning. And I'll go right to the message and I uh, want to talk to you about Faith Knows uh, mm. this afternoon or this morning, wherever you are, whatever time you're looking at this, Faith Knows. And our theme scripture here as we're talking about the battle of the mind comes from the 42nd chapter of Job. Just one verse. It says, I know that you can do everything and that no purpose of yours can be withheld from you. You know, I understand uh, more than maybe most that these days many people are hurting for one reason or another. And I've come through, as Pastor Herman has briefly shared, and I'll briefly share with you just a trial these last four years where I was in confusion, didn't know whether I was coming or going, and here I am, 30 surgeries and procedures later with two botched surgeries uh, and then on a ventilator and uh, an induced coma and all of these things. Here I stand today uh, because of my faith in God and because of God's faithfulness to me, even when I didn't understand or know what was going on. There's so much pain and, and so much uh, hurt during these troubling times. And, and I consider what I went through what I call trials of the Job variety. 
of similar to what Job went through. And many people these days, as I've been pastoring in this city for over 34 years and love the people of San Jose and love the people that I have an opportunity to minister to, but I'm finding many people are opting out and many people are giving up and they're feeling that somehow God has forsaken them. And they no longer believe that God hears their prayers, or at least not their prayers. And uh, at the same time, they seem to see that their faith is no longer effective. And it seems like that when we go through dark times and difficult places. And in the book of Job, which is really considered both a theological and a literary masterpiece uh, by many people, it's really the honest and, and powerful portrayal of a good man who's suffering, who doesn't know why and can't seem to figure it out. But Job passed the testing of his faith by believing God, contrary to all the apparent evidence uh, to the contrary of what he was going through. And so Job rested in faith alone, and he proved that genuine faith cannot be destroyed. Job had some friends uh, during his difficult times uh, who really discouraged him while trying to encourage him. As a matter of fact, one of his friends in chapter 22 of Job, Elpaz, says and told Job, if you could just find God, everything will be all right. Everything will be okay if you could just get a hold of God. But but the problem is, in chapter 23, Job doesn't know where to find God or how to find God. He says this in the third verse. He says, oh, that I knew where I might find him, that I might come to his seat. He goes on to say, I look forward, but he's not there. I look backwards, but I can't perceive him. I go to the left, but he, I can't behold him. And when he turns to the right, I cannot see him. But he knows the way that I take. And when I'm tested, I'll come forth as pure gold. You see, there were many things that Job didn't understand. He didn't understand why he lost everything. He didn't understand why he had to suffer so much pain and difficulty in this life. He he didn't understand why he was in such a miserable condition and why things just would not work out for him in his life. He didn't understand why his friends condemned him and accused him of terrible things. He didn't know why he suffered the loss of all of his children and why his wife would turn on him at his lowest moment. Job didn't know a lot of things, but one thing he did know, I love chapter 19, 25 of Job. He says, I know my Redeemer lives, and he shall stand at the last on the earth. Job was saying, I don't know where he is. I don't know how to find him, but I know God is in control, and God knows where I'm at in this season of my life. He knows my problems. He knows my needs. He knows my feelings. And you know what? God knows just what I'm going through. God knows what you're going through today as well. He found Abraham who was living among an unbelieving people. Nobody had faith where Abraham was living. He found Joseph in a prison, sold out and forgotten by those who he thought were his family. He found Moses on the backside of desert, filled with confusion. 
He found Elijah, listen to me, in a cave, a deep, deep victim of depression and despondency. He found Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in a fire, and they were enduring affliction, both physical and mental. He found Jonah in a dark place. He had been swallowed by his circumstances and was swimming in whale, whatever goes on inside of whales. Lazarus was in a dead place in need of a new life, and the disciples were in a storm sinking with no way out. I love what Corey Tim Boone said many years ago. He said, when a train, she said, when a train goes through a tunnel and it gets dark, you don't throw away your ticket and jump off. You sit still and you trust the engineer because he knows where he's going and he knows what he's doing. And so the crux of this message that I'm going to talk to you just for a few minutes is never let go of what you know because of something or you're going through something or a circumstance that you don't know. Never let go of what you know because of something you don't know. And, and this idea of know is, is to perceive that you've experienced this and, and you know some things, you're acquainted with it. And we have to hold on to what we know. And, and that's the challenge of this message. What do you know? What are you convinced of that you know about God and you know about his promises and his word? What are you convinced of? Those are the things that we hold on to, even when we go through dark places like I was for these past four years, dark nights, sleepless nights, nausea nights, painful nights, writhing, wondering where God is, what's going on. But see, I knew a couple of things that I held on to in faith, even though my mind was spinning a thousand different ways. You have to hold on to what you know. As I said in Job 19, he says, I know know my Redeemer lives, and on the last day he'll stand on the earth. The first thing we have to know, we have to know that God is. That's what I like to call the isness of God. When God tells us who he is, he says, I am. I call that the amness of God. But when we know who God is, that's the isness of God. And the Bible tells us in Hebrews that without faith, it's impossible to please God. So he that cometh to God must believe that God is. That's the isness of God, that God is, and that he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. So the first thing that Job knew, he says, I know that God is. And then there's a verse I like that Paul gives us in 2 Timothy 1.12. It says, for this reason I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I'm not ashamed. And here's my favorite part. I know. See, there's some things you got to know. I know in whom I have believed. And I am persuaded that he's able to keep what I committed to him in that day. Persuaded. That means that Paul was saying, I am convinced I'm convinced that he's able, that he trusted God's ability and he committed his life into the hands of God. That, that word commitment is an interesting word because it has the meaning of deposit. And with banks, we take our money to deposit them in banks for safekeeping. But it's with even a greater confidence that we deposit our lives with Christ and into his hands. And so that's what it means to be committed. And he says, I, I, know, I, I know in whom I've believed. I know that God is, and I know in whom I believe, and I am persuaded that he's able to keep whatever I've committed to him 
against that day. Wow, those are some things that we have to know and we have to stand on what we know in times that we come to dark places and places that we don't know whether we're coming or whether we're going. And I know many are going through a lot of those things these days. And if you're not going through, you know somebody that is experiencing pain and suffering. There's another verse in Romans 8, 28, and you all know it by heart. It says, and we know all things. We know. See, these are the things that we know, and we hold on to these things. We know that all things work together for the good to those who love God and those who are called according to his purposes. Too many times our reaction to that verse, says, that's all right for you, but you're not going through what I'm going through. But let's take a moment and look at this verse just for a second. All things work together. This is not by chance or accident, but by God working in our lives. He is working these things together. That's why sunshine and rain bring a rainbow. That's why sugar and flour and water and you mix it all together and stick it in a hot oven brings a great cake. But no one eats straight sugar or straight flour or or egg whites or anything like that. But it's all working together for our good. All things work together. When we view our experiences singularly and what we're just going through, often they don't seem good. But if we commit them into God's hands, he'll work them together for our good. You know, it's been said, and I like this saying, those who leave everything in God's hands will eventually see God's hands in everything. I need to say that again. That's so good, I'm getting excited right now. It says, those who leave everything in God's hands will eventually see God's hands in everything. And we can all see that Job endured all of his afflictions and all of his pain with great great patience. And that's what we run out of. We run out of patience. We run out of what they call long suffering. We run out of things as we're going through. And the secret of Job's patience, I'm going to give you a secret today. The secret of Job's patience was his faith. It was because Job believed that God was able to deal with his life, that he could endure the sufferings that he did not understand. But just what did Job believe? First of all, Job believed that God was in complete control of every circumstance that he faced. Job 121 says, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. He is in complete control. Everything we have, we have received from him. And everything that we are missing, it's God's will for our purpose and for our life that he has for us. And so the first thing he knew, he believed that no matter what happened, that God was before him. God was for him. And God is on your side as well. Job said these words. He said, though he slay me, yet will I serve him. Meaning no matter what I go through, whatever kind of pain or suffering or difficulty or loss, loss of family, loss uh, uh, of health, loss of this. And, and these are dark times that we go through. He said, though he slay me, I'm still going to trust him. And I'm not going to not trust him at all times. And then thirdly, Job said he believed in worship in any given situation. 
Then Job arose and he tore his robe. He shaved his head and all the pain that he was in. He fell to the ground and he worshiped God. And he said these words, naked, I came from my mother's womb and naked, I will return there. The Lord gave and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. If we can just find a way to worship God, even in the midst of our pain. I mean, if you believe the devil gave him the sickness or whether circumstances caused those things to happen to Job, listen, if Satan gave it to him, I know he was frustrated because he said, everything I do, this man worships God. He lost his cattle. He lost his home. He lost his children. He lost his health. And all through this all, he worshiped God, recognizing that everything he had came from God. And every circumstance he went through, God was with him him. See, real peace comes when we turn our overwhelming issues over to God and recognize that we can't control and we can't dictate the outcome of our lives and that we have to trust him and he's proven himself worthy. And and that's why I say, don't give up on what you know. You've had some experiences with God. You've had some seasons that God has really blessed you. You've had some seasons, I'm sure, that God has spoken to you, whether it's through a devotional, whether it's through the Word, or whether it's through another brother or sister who you may be, uh, have encountered. But you know uh, beyond a shadow of a doubt that God controls the outcomes. And this is what you know. And we have to hold tightly on to what we know. I, uh, my children told me I, I had what you call ICU psychosis. I was seeing things that weren't there. I was talking to people that weren't there. One of my daughters ran out of the room crying. The others tried to hang around and say, Dad, Dad, I was trying to get out of the bed. And I told them I had gone home the day before. They knew I had been in that hospital bed. I said I was driving a race car in a race. And and this was so real to me. And I, I didn't know where I was or what I was doing. But my kids would quote scriptures. Pastor Herman would come. He'd quote a few scriptures. Pastor Bishop Green would come by. He'd quote a scripture to me. They'd encourage me. They would pray for me. And these are the things I knew. And I couldn't give up on what I didn't know and I didn't understand and I couldn't comprehend because of the things that I knew. And I held on to the promises of God. I held on to the things that God had told me. I held on to the experiences I had with God. I held on what I perceived God and who I perceived him to be. That peace comes when we recognize that we can't control or dictate the outcomes of our lives. And this is the kind of faith that takes the sting out of the dark test that we go through. Because we're going to go through some trials and we're going to go through some difficult times. But it takes the sting out of it and we can endure these things. We can endure these things. Because, listen, God is bringing forth, Job says, you're going to come forth as pure gold. Pure gold, pure gold. And I looked one time, and I'm sure you've heard the story of how they purify gold. They put it in a vat. They take the gold nuggets, they take all of this, and they put it in this great vat, and they put it on a great fire. And they may turn the fire up, just say, for, 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 for example's sake, to 2,000 degrees. And at 2,000 degrees, all of the nickel floats to the top. And then they'll turn it up another 
500 degrees. And, and at that time, all of the copper floats to the top. And they take a ladle and they scoop off the nickel. They take a ladle and they scoop off the copper. And, and they turn it up even hotter. And now it's boiling. And, and, and say all of the iron now floats to the top. And they take a ladle and they, they scoop off the iron, and they scoop off all of these elements that under the heat and, and the affliction of that fire, it just boils it to the top, and then it's scooped away. And they say, well, how do you know when the gold is pure? And the goldsmith says, when I can lean over the vat and I can see my reflection in it. And God allows the fires and the trials and the things that we go through for, protect, for perfection. You know, things come to the surface when things get hostile. I don't know if anybody's stepped on your toe lately, but if they do, you know, some stuff comes right up. And, you know, somebody rubs you the wrong way. Things come up. It, he, he can make it a little hot for us to bring things that are in us to the surface. Why? So he can deal with them. He can deal with him, and, and we know that he loves us. He know that he cares about us. We know that he has a plan, a will, a purpose for our life, and all of these things uh, he has designed for us, that, that we were made with this wonderful design, and he is working it out. He's working through us, and things come to the surface, but when he can look in our lives, this is what it means to be Christ-like, and he can see a reflection of himself. He knows that we're done. Well, I don't know about you. I sure got a long way and a lot of hot things to go through for, for, to, to bring up that he's going to have to eliminate from my life. But I trust him. The Bible says that he shall sit as a refiner by the fire. And so he doesn't leave the fire. He doesn't leave the, the, the side of the fire. He is constantly there purifying the gold or purifying the silver. He is making us to be more and more like him. That we can love even the unlovely and we can care about those that care nothing about us and, and we can go after the broken and the hurting and, and we can reach out to family members who may have caused us pain in the past. He's perfecting us and he's working in us that kind of unconditional forgiveness and love and, and you know this because you can trust him. Like Corey Boone's, Tim Boone said that when you're going through a tunnel and it gets dark, you, you don't tear up your ticket and panic. You don't jump off. You sit back and you trust the engineer. And God is engineering our lives and he's working us together. And he is helping us to become more Christ-like or simply put more like him. Wow. There's an old song that we used to sing in Sunday school. I want more of Jesus, more and more and more. I want more of Jesus than I ever had before. I want more of Jesus, rich and true and free. I want more of Jesus, so I'll give him more of me. And when we give ourselves to him, trusting him, depositing our lives like we put our money in the bank for safekeeping, we put our lives in Christ's hands for safekeeping, and we trust him through dark times, through difficult times, just like Job did with the loss of all that he owned, with the loss of family, with friends turning on him, with boils all over his physical body. He went through physical pain. He continued to trust God. 
And in the end, God brings him through. God is bringing us forth as gold. Tried, pure, but the thing I love, of great value. And we are so valuable to him. And if we could get this through our minds, you're talking about the battle for your mind and winning the battle in our mind. If we could just know that regardless of what we're facing, his love will outlast that. That's why God says in the Old Testament, he loves us with an everlasting love. Everlasting love. That means his love will outlast whatever you're going through. And so in the dark times when you feel like giving up, when you feel like your prayers are hitting the ceiling and bouncing back, when you feel like God's hearing everybody else's prayers, everyone's talking about I'm living my best life and and all these kinds of things, and you're living, sometimes you're saying that's my worst life that I'm living in this pain, in this loss that I'm experiencing, in, in this darkness that I find myself in, in this depression, in this hole that I find myself in. God is teaching us. He's teaching us a better way, and he is perfecting and purifying and making us as pure gold, pure gold. And we learn lessons from our difficult times. We learn lessons in our pain. We learn to draw close to him. We, 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 we learn that, that I learned that doctors are only practicing medicine. That's why they say they're practicing medicine. They're just practicing. And I've had some practice and make some mishaps on me, on my physical body that has turned my life around. I, I retired from pastoring in this city, in San Jose, for 34 years. But my health concerns and my health challenges expedited my retirement. And I retired in April of this year after 34 years of ministry. And uh, we retired because of my health. And I'm still going through painful things. I, I'm, I still have three machines that I have to deal with every single day in my own home. But you know what? I know my Redeemer lives. I know in whom I have believed. And I'm persuaded that he's able to keep what I committed to him against that day. And I know that all things, God, or you could put it another way, God is at work in all things together for our good. And so never let go of what you know because of what you don't know, what you don't understand, what you can't see in the dark what you can't figure out in our own minds. Don't let go of, of the beauty of what God has deposited in you. And we find it in the word, we find it in the promises of God, and we find it in his presence in prayer. And this finding his presence in prayer doesn't mean that you've got to be a great oratory in prayer. God's not sitting in a skybox judging your prayers. That was a 10. That was a 7. That was a 6. Uh, yeah, no, 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 no. See, the power of prayer never lies in the one who is praying. The power of prayer lies in the one who's listening. And so God hears our prayer. No matter how weak it is, no matter how feeble it is, you can say, I trust you, Lord. I trust you. Oh, Jesus. Or you can pray that prayer we've all prayed. Lord, have mercy. There's a prayer that I prayed many a time when I couldn't pray anything else. And I had weeks to go by where I could not concentrate. I couldn't read the Bible because I couldn't focus my eyes and I couldn't concentrate 
enough. I couldn't pray because I couldn't keep a long train of thought. But I could get out of prayer like, Lord, have mercy on me. Lord, help me. Lord, I trust you. Lord, I believe you're going to work this out for my good. I'm trusting you. And so my challenge this morning is simply this. Do you know? What do you know and are convinced of concerning God and his word? You can ask yourself that question. What is it that I know concerning God? And maybe I'm limited and maybe I'm not a Bible scholar and and maybe I'm a brand new Christian or or maybe circumstances have overwhelmed me and it's been a while since I really had a great season of prayer. It's been a while since I really studied the Bible. What is it that you do know? What is it that you do know and what are you convinced of concerning God and the promises of God? And my challenge is simply this. Hold on to that. Hold tightly to what you know. It'll take you through the times that you don't know. Hold lightly, hold tightly what you learned in the light. It'll take you through the difficult times of darkness. He's promised to be a lamp unto our feet and a light to our path. And if you hold on, he'll bring you through. He knows where you are. He knows the ups and downs. He knows your doubts and fears. He knows the things that are racing through your mind and causing the knots to tie in your belly. God can speak a word of peace, even in the midst of that, just like he did for Job, just like he did for me. I'm a living testimony that if you hold on somehow, some way, I don't know how he did it, but God will bring you through. And I want to take this time to thank you and the family of New Beginnings for your prayers. I want to thank your pastor personally for how he he came and ministered to my family and and, and talked to them through it after they had these horrible meetings with doctors. And they'd look in and see me with tubes coming out of my neck, out of my back, out of my side, down my throat, out of my nose, all these tubes. And and they could barely look at me long enough. But I, I thank God for family too. They stuck by me. And the truth is, I never spent one night alone in the hospital that one of my kids weren't at the bedside talking to me and praying for me. And I'm thankful for that. Or my wife. And that's what family does. And that's what it is, the family of God. That's why my brother Herman showed up. He was there. I'd open up my eyes and squint him when I could. And, you know, I wouldn't open my eyes for for days. And when I did, I saw him. I saw Bishop Green. I saw my kids. I saw the family. And then I went right back into whatever I was in. But God brought me through. And I held on to the little bit that I could perceive in my mind and that I could remember in my heart. And I thank God for that. And I thank God for you for praying for me and standing with me during this time. So question yourself. What are you convinced of? And what do you really know concerning God and the promises of God and apply them to your life because he's given them to us as a gift for us to hold on to and to take us through even the most difficult times. He'll soothe a troubled mind He'll set at ease a pounding heart. He'll untie the knots in our belly. He'll stop the racing in our head. And 
He can speak a word of peace even in the midst of our worst circumstances, trials, tribulations, and problems. And so thank you for allowing me to come and share just a little bit of my own testimony and what I've been through. And, and I'm so grateful uh, just to be able to share and to share a few words from you from God's word of promises that we can hold on to even in our worst time. God bless you. And thank you again for the opportunity to come and to share with you. Blessings. Thank you, Dr. Tony, for that powerful, powerful message. My goodness, man, isn't that amazing? Isn't that all of our challenges? We try to win the battles in our mind, holding on to what we know about God, as opposed to letting that go because of what we don't know about God. Listen, let me challenge you to take a next step right now. Uh, point your camera at the QR code here on the screen and go to our connection card. And it's going to take you to next steps with Jesus. And for somebody, your next step is to deposit your life into the hands of Jesus Christ. The one who knows about suffering and pain. He was crucified on a Roman cross. The one who knows about death and loss. You know, he died, but on the third day he rose again. That's the one that you want to have the first and last word over your life and over your destiny. And somebody needs to make that surrender right now. So just go ahead and check. I want to be a Jesus follower. There's some other options there for you to consider as well. And then here's the prayer that I've shaped coming out of this message that Dr. Tony has so powerfully uh, shared with us uh, for us to pray through the rest of this week. Here's the prayer. Take a, take a picture of it. You can just pray with me right now. God, help me to hold on even when I don't understand. And then here's a reflection question I want you to wrestle with. Here it is right here. Where am I challenged to give up on God? Because I don't understand what God is doing.